Welcome to the new sound of online radio. Welcome to the sound of Universal Broadcasting Network. She's passionate about telling stories of amazing women who are rocking the world and empowering women to live, love, and thrive. Here's your host, Katherine Gray. Welcome, welcome to Live, Love, Thrive Women's Empowerment Hour brought to you by 360 Karma. We're so happy to have you with us today. We hope that you have liked us on Facebook and you're following our conversation on Instagram and Twitter at My360Karma. And today, as always, we have on extraordinary women. I'm so excited to finally have on the director of Catch One, my pal, C. Fitz. She's an amazing director. And the subject of that documentary, uh, who is here with us today as well. And uh, it, that would be uh, Jewel Tice Williams. We are so excited to have her here. And they are going to soon be on Netflix. We're here to talk about celebrating that. Please give a warm welcome to Jewel and to Fitz. Hi, guys. How are Hi. you? How are you? Thanks for having us. Yeah, I've been wanting to have you all on for the longest time. I'm so excited that the film is now going to be on Netflix. Yay! Yay, we did it. Yes, thank thanks. you, Array. Thank you, Ava yes. DuVernay. Absolutely. Uh, Ava's new company that's really championing uh, women and minorities, uh, Array, is uh, so needed. And so timely, and we're so happy for them. In fact, uh, I was telling you, I just joined Array now as a rebel. Yes. And people need to go to their website, ArrayNow and uh, and org, mm -hmm. and uh, uh, also sign up as rebels yeah, join and in, find out what become doing. part of this movement that Eva work. DuVernay has started. Mm -hmm. Yeah, great. she's such an amazing director, and we love the work that she's doing. You know, my show is always about women that are uh, paying it forward and giving back. So, what a perfect topic today. Uh, there's Talk about paying it forward and giving Perfect back. Subject. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Jewel Tice Williams, you are amazing. I've seen this beautiful documentary, Fitz. Um, I know it's been eight years of labor. And as a documentary filmmaker, I know how much really blood, sweat, and tears goes into creating a documentary. And it's a long haul. Uh, but it's so nice when you get to this point where you're taking it around the country for screenings. You now just got this distribution on Netflix, mm -hmm. and then it makes it all worth it, right? It does. It does. Yeah. Yeah. And it covers 42 years oh my of, gosh. of Jules' work and life. So yeah. it, it took a while to process and to create. Yeah. I don't know how you did that, actually. That was very... <laughs> Uh, you know, you're such a talented director, producer, and um, it definitely takes a gift to be able to do that, to tell four decades in, what is it, an hour, a little over it's an 85 hour. 85 minutes. 85 <laughs> minutes, which is just perfect. Yeah. Uh, it was such a riveting and great film. I just loved it. Um, it really, you know, you got to know Jewel through this film. Like, and you are just, I call you like a, you're like a Mother Teresa. Mm -hmm. You are definitely an earth angel. You have helped so many people, and we're going to talk more about the film. First, I want to talk about your journeys uh, to get to where you are. Um, Fitz, I know you were uh, uh, born in Connecticut and raised in uh, Massachusetts, mm -hmm. right? So you're an East Coast girl. Connecticut and Massachusetts. Yeah, yeah beautiful areas. And, you know, um, being in the business of 
being a showrunner and being a producer director, that of course brought you to Los Angeles, which perfect fit, right? Right. And I know that you've worked on a lot of programs, uh, reality shows, and and various TV programs mm-hmm. and movies, and. Um, we're here today, of course, to talk about this specific one, uh, Catch One. Uh, but uh, just to give the audience an idea, you're really um, a content creator. And so you've mm-hmm. done that from everything from commercials to documentaries to now social media. I know recently for Star Wars movie, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I do promos, um, yeah. all kinds of content because it's right now in this day and age, Content is everywhere and on all different yeah. platforms, yeah. whether it be movies, documentaries, series, social media. Yeah. Social media really is our way now of commercials, of yes. promoting films. So right. I do a little bit of that as well it in is. social media management and just getting out the message and getting out the voice. Yeah. And Jewel, um, I know your background is that you grew up uh, of, of little means. You, you had seven children in your family, and everybody slept in one bed. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> well, not quite. There were actually three beds. There was, oh, three uh, beds. Okay. Seven people, three in beds. One, in one bedroom. In one bedroom. Yeah, there was, oh, wow. Um, the yeah. three girls slept in one bed, and the three guys slept in another bed. Yeah. That's in one bedroom. But and it was then, definitely a small quarters oh, yeah. and a lot of people and a oh, challenge. Sure. Oh, yeah. yeah. Prior to that. Yeah. When we when we made the migration from Chicago or Harry, which is where I was born, to San Diego, yeah, uh, we stayed with my aunt, with my grandmother all the way there. Anyway, it was a total of twenty three people living in a two bedroom. Oh house. my gosh! Um, wow, yeah. twenty three people, and so. Um, what what did you learn from that experience? I know that you were like working at nine years old. You all had, uh, I believe, uh, uh, Fitz shared with me, you had a grocery store, um, and that at nine years old you would like run the grocery store on your own, which is incredible. But it created a great work ethic, right? Oh, it did. Yeah. Um, you know, my folks were were just a couple of generations maybe re- removed from slavery, so the oh, whole wow. uh, idea of working unless you were resting, was pretty much what your life was to be about. Yeah. You know? So, Are it, you finally resting a little bit? <laughs> <laughs> Never. A little bit? <laughs> I allow myself on, the, on occasion. But, <laughs> but there was no such thing as, as leisure time. Uh, yeah. You know, we did get to play on Sunday afternoons yeah. and uh, uh, have a little time with that. But it, it was either church or work, school. Yeah. Uh, that was pretty much the, the way it was. And... We accepted it, and I am uh, grateful for yeah. having having had that kind of upbringing. And today, um, be able to look back on my life and say, "Wow, you know, I did fill up a few yeah. minutes doing you doing know, things." People probably say the same quiet. thing to you that they say to me, which is, you know, because I'm always in action doing things, and um, you know, people will be like, "Oh my gosh, you're always doing something," but don't. I think you, like I, all of us, the three mm-hmm. of us, derive a lot of joy in the in the creating and and doing things that are giving back and making a difference. Right? There's a we get a fulfillment from it. Oh, yeah. Sure. yeah, by helping people. Yeah, I yeah. call it the boomerang effect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know that what I put out, then I get back, and and it might not be like to some people an even trade off or whatever, but the joy that I feel in my heart and in my yes. spirit. To know that that because of of some of the things that we just talked about in my growing up, 
I'm able today, you know, at 79, to, to not even think about about retiring, maybe slowing down a little bit. <laughs> but uh, as long as there is a need and there will always be one of, of uh, some type or the other and somewhere any and all of us can can make a little difference in someone's life. And, uh, you know, I end up being the subject of, of a documentary, but if you can just do small acts of kindness and not tell anybody about it, right. then that's when it becomes personal to right. you. Right. When you said, when you can, you know, go to bed at night and say, Yeah, well, it's not you know, an ego thing. No, yeah. no, no. Uh, well, I, I want to talk about this film and your journey. So, <clears throat> For 40 years, you had this club, and I understand the beginning of it was that uh, it was a tough time in the in in the country with a recession, and you had closed up a clothing store, yes. so you were always an entrepreneur. Yes, um, and you bought the Diana Club and and renamed it Catch One. Is that right? Well, I didn't rename it myself oh. to uh, Catch One. It was the Diana's Club when I bought it. Yeah, and uh, being slightly on the frugal side. I saw this beautiful um, uh, Diana sign out of neon, Art Deco, that was already on the side of the, the building, so why change it? Yeah. You know, that was my <laughs> yeah. opinion. Yeah. But my younger sister and, and my then lover thought differently, and, and one day after about three or four years, they packed, packed me up, and, and my sister gave me the tickets. She said, the Carla Sea is sailing from Miami, um, the next day or two, and here's your ticket, here's your everything, you just go. And when I came back, they had changed the name <laughs> of the Diana to Jules Room. <laughs> so, oh my God! That's how that happened. So and so Jules Room, but what? So when did it become Catch One? Catch One came a couple of years later when oh. I was able to purchase the building, which included a mammoth um, ballroom upstairs. Wow! And it was called the Diana ballroom and so not having the Diana involved in, in the downstairs anymore <laughs> we uh, named it Catch One and then the same two people put jewels in front of Catch One. So I love it. So it was called Jewels Catch One. Yes. Yeah. And so people that uh, aren't familiar with it this was like the Studio 54 of the West Coast and uh, but it was so much more than that. Uh, it was a time when uh, y you had this when the AIDS crisis came about and I know that it was a safe refuge for gays, blacks, and really everybody. Uh, a lot of celebrities came. Uh, I, you could share some of them with me. I know Madonna, Sylvester. Sharon Stone. Sharon Stone. Mm -hmm. Houston. Chaka Khan used to go there. And yeah. Dance. Yeah, and so it just was such a famous place. So smart of you as a woman then to purchase the property. And yeah. brave. Yeah. Per <laughs> yeah, and brave. In fact, how did you even do that? Because back then, women couldn't even get loans or credit cards. How did you How did you do that? Uh, you're I right. I think you touch on it yeah. in the film. Yeah, yeah, for the whole 42 years that I was there, and I never got a loan that wasn't what we call hard money loan. Yes. You know, to go to some lending uh, uh, person, and they charge exorbitant Right. Rates. Um, so you did creative financing. Uh, yeah, somewhere. <laughs> and, um, and then things would just, 
show up. Uh, you know, I, I can't even explain some of it. Yeah, I just think if is. you have a vision, it's like when they say, if you have a will, there's a way. Right. And, and you were just determined to have this club and because you knew it was so important to people, right? Right. Yeah. Even though this, this movie didn't come out until later, when I got to clinic, uh, it was in full bloom then, and that was, if you build it, they will come. Right. So it was incumbent upon me to build it yes. then and, and expect folks to come. And this was the idea, like I said, even though it was pre the movie, uh, if you build it, they will come, that I, I just knew if, if I could get it off the air, not if I could get it off the air, but when it would get off yes. the, the, the ground, rather. Yeah. And uh, that, that people would come. Yeah. Was it a vision for you? Was it like, I know if I do this, they'll come? Did you feel confident, like, that there was a need? Yeah. yeah. When I first opened up just the downstairs, it was a, it had been a supper club back in the 20s and 30s. Oh, wow. Um, and just as the, the upstairs, the, the Diana Ballroom had been the big ballroom, that area, which included Country Club, um, street and that was the outskirts of town at one time. It was where Beverly Hills, mm-hmm. you know, today would have ended. So that's where they had the big ballroom. They had the forum, which was right across the street that mm-hmm. provided place, etc. Um, so I had heard some of the stories and had had direct input from from customers of mine. That, that this place, place had been uh, uh, very racist and, mm-hmm. and did not make it easy for them to, to come into. Um, and, and then I, I had the opportunity of, of meeting uh, Ella Fitzgerald, who used to sing there. She and Nat King Cole and a lot of other people. Big, wow. Big bands used to yeah. play upstairs yeah. in the yeah. So um, the the... The success was already built in. I you know, see. Oh, so people are already familiar with the location and these famous performers. No, they and, weren't there then. Yeah. <laughs> but but the essence of them was still No, was that's there. what I mean. Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 So it, it made them it familiar with the there, location. Basically. Yeah. yeah. So then you restarted it as this disco club, uh, reinvented it, right? And then yes. I noticed uh, also in the film, um, you definitely, in the 70s, 80s, were uh, faced with all these uh, racial obstacles. I mean, big time. They really tried to close you down, didn't they? Yes. Yeah. yeah. It was yeah. definitely an, an obvious effort to, yes. to anybody. But nobody was stopping you. <laughs> that That's what makes the film so great. Yeah. yeah. Let me ask you, yeah. Fitz. Um, in fact, when I first met you, you, you said, I'm working on this documentary, Catch One. It was a famous club, blah, blah, blah. I thought, oh, that's nice, you know, uh, but not really realizing just how game-changing this club was. And let's talk a little bit about that and why and how you got involved in this project. Um, well, I got involved in 2010. I met Jewel, and I was going to do a short subject um, video on her. And the first day I met her, I was like, Wow. Right. I mean, there's yeah. the, the club, which I was enamored by and all its history. And then there's Jewel. And there's just so much in all the work that she had done. And she was standing in her clinic as well. So there was just so much to pack in. And I said, we, we have to 
do a documentary on you. We have to try. Yeah. I didn't know how I was going to do it. Um, and, and that was the beginning of starting the documentary yeah. uh, that very first day because she said, yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know. And so we started it, and um, it, it was game-changing what she did and all she faced. Yes. And just keep standing up and opening those doors. Yeah. And, you know, not every every night was successful, but she opened it again because there was that need. They needed a place to go. And for so many people, different mm. types of people, yes. Ketch became a home. She made it a home. She made it a place that everybody was welcome. Mm -hmm. That's the difference between Studio 54 and yes. Jules Ketch 1 is she right. allowed everybody in. Everyone yeah. was allowed to, to come in. Yeah. And that was game-changing at the, that time. Yes. And continued to be so. Until it was like a family there, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sure. She was like the mama. Mama yeah. bear. Yeah. yeah. It was like a big tears bar. Yeah. You know, where, <laughs> yeah. Where With a lot of dancing and, and, and great music. Yeah. yeah. Great and music. Lots and lots of names of, of people that, that uh, came, that met people. Because um, everybody loves great music, great people, and yeah. a great experience. And, and that was important in the documentary, too, yes. because it was healing. Yeah. And music's always healing. And we put a lot of music in it so it so everybody would want to you yeah. know see it and yeah. and then learn about Jules' story right and and then learn from there and be inspired. Be inspired, uh, like if she can do it, so can we. And right. Yeah, I think that's important to tell people stories for that reason. Um, and as a documentary filmmaker myself, you know I know how difficult it is. I mean, it was a long journey. Like you said, you didn't know how you were getting the funding. You didn't know how you were doing it. And it took many years to make this happen. But as you said, it culminated at the right time right. Uh, because then after 42 years, you sold the club. And that's kind of, you know, what happens uh, in the closing of this. But you also, at the same time, uh, went back to school, studied Chinese medicine mm -hmm. and opened this um, health Foundation, uh, was it Vill Village, Village Health, health Foundation. Yes. foundation? And that was so important to me, yeah. too, because... Which is a nonprofit. I thought the yes. 40th anniversary was going to be the ending of the film. That sounds yeah. like a great ending, right? Yeah. 40 years. and But I really wanted to shine a light on Jules' work at the clinic, the yes. nonprofit health clinic at the time. And I didn't know how I was going to get there. So the unfortunate news that she was selling it at, in 2015 was actually a better ending because yeah. she now you know, has built this village health foundation that she works to to this day where she's healing people in different ways, yeah. you know, and that was so important to right. me as a perfect ending. With holistic ways, right? Mm -hmm. Like acupuncture, oh, yeah. Reiki, no, this type of thing. It's yeah, based beautiful. On, on traditional Chinese medicine. Yeah. So we use all of those modalities and also do a lot of advocacy work, which right. is really, really important. Right. And you give people in that neighborhood an opportunity to have free services that they otherwise wouldn't have. Well, right. it's not quite like that anymore. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, when I when I sold the the building, I also sold the um, the space where the clinic was, and oh, gotcha. and going from not having to pay any rent at all or any notes because right. everything was kind of paid for then to to having to pay um, rent, lease the space, and um, and then. Well, let me ask you this. At this age, uh, you're still running this uh, health, uh, Village Health Foundation. Yes. What, what perpetuates that? It's, it's a lot like, like the same thing, I guess, that kept me going with the, with the uh, club. There's so much abuse going on yeah. in the mainstream medical 
system. And, of course, the African Americans are the ones that are being abused mostly by it. Mm -hmm. You know, after a certain age, 35 or 40, you go to most of these doctors, HMOs, or a lot of them, I won't say most of them, but a lot of them, and they're going to get um, blood pressure medication, they're going to get uh, high cholesterol medication, and they're going to get diabetes medication. Mm -hmm. And that wouldn't be bad if it's just one of each, but several times it might be right. lots of each one of those things right. that, and in addition to just whatever comes out. New. So you keep this open to perpetuate a holistic approach. That's right. Yeah. And educate one more time, you know, the, the necessity of, of one finding out about what is happening to them. Right. And you don't get high blood pressure just out of the blue. But, you know, how many, how many times can you ask a person? Most of the time today, they don't even know what their blood pressure is. Right. They don't even know what their, their yeah. cholesterol is. What I love about you is you're always a visionary. You always mm -hmm. are fulfilling a need. First, you were fulfilling the need with the club. And uh, we, we didn't mention much, too, about um, that the spread of HIV at that time was yeah, she went through the AIDS an issue. And those people had nowhere to go. Nobody wanted them and yeah. everything. And you really took them in and gave them a place to go. And that was really the, a huge crux of your giving back. Um, and and now, started funding through the club. It was more right. than just a club. It was yeah. a, a space to organize right. um, and raise funds for that community that right. was and I know you were involved with a lot of nonprofits that help uh, yeah. people the in Min that way. The Minority AIDS Project right. and Ruth's House and I was on the board of directors of APLA for six years mm -hmm. too. And in I your downtime. <laughs> <laughs> well, in my downtime, in 1981, I opened a club in Houston also. Oh my so, gosh. And wow. this was about the, well, it wasn't about, it was at the same time that that the AIDS crisis really mm -hmm. started to spread. So and all I these people would have had nowhere to go if it wasn't for you yeah. and your club and mm -hmm. all the things that you brought to them. I mean, you fed these people. You It wasn't just a dance club. That's what my point is. Yeah. It was just so much more. It was a space, a yeah. safe space. And mm -hmm. that's what, you know, really resonates through the story is that, you know, creating our own space even today mm -hmm. in whatever way we can. Mm -hmm. um, lots of people, uh, fortunately, through Jewel had catch one to call their home mm -hmm. and we need to create our own spaces and, and make sure, you know, we're looking after everybody in different ways. Yeah, it's a good model, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for now. And then with the Village Health Foundation now, once again, you're a visionary seeing their need in the communities that have less, that they don't have access to um, Eastern medicine and that you're bringing that to that community. And that's a beautiful thing. Yeah, she yeah. could have moved anywhere, but yeah. she moved or next retired. door and stayed yeah. in her community. Yeah. It's amazing. So, so uh, what's next? <laughs> it's to be, get more people interested in taking care of their own health. And I love that. Putting, um, you know, all their... It's obviously working for you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Um, not putting putting their lives in the hands of of doctors, you know. If mm -hmm. I have to go to a doctor, there I'm going to do some research. Yes, you know, and I'm going to try to find out what it is, what yeah. the possibilities, anyway, Absolutely. of having that. And oftentimes, it's not spelled out, you know, in conventional ways. So you have to dig a little deeper. Yes. The internet offers 
any kind of information practically mm-hmm. yeah, that one sure would does. want. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and so good and bad, so you have to be careful of that. Right. But, but uh, that's why we're there, and yeah. other people yeah. like us is to, yeah. to filter it then. Yes. And it's villagehealthfoundation.org, right? Yeah. 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 So people can find it online, yeah. and, and they can look for Catch One mm-hmm. on Netflix. Jules um, Catch One, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and it's... Um, it's available now. It is available now, oh and we gosh. also have um, a U.S. tour. We're um, going to be in Boston and Los Angeles. Oh, and exciting! So we're hitting these different cities. You can find out uh, about that schedule at yeah. ArrayNow.org too, as well. Great, ArrayNow.org and VillageFoundation.org. Two right. great and and organizations and movements. Yeah, we're we're always in need need of funding and volunteers too, yes. because it's. It doesn't take very long to go through your nest egg when when you're spending out, you yes. know, thousands of dollars a month on on keeping it open. So yeah, it's a beautiful um, thing you're doing. Let's make this a community effort. And, Absolutely. And have everybody. That was, that's what it was founded upon—a community effort. I was hoping that we could we could do this where people that had funds would come in and pay for somebody else. And initially, it was kind of like that. They oh, would I love say, that idea. I um, love that idea. Put this on the books for someone that yeah. can't afford to pay. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, in time, as, as time got tougher, I guess, for everybody else, then that's dwindled down. I think you should day. bring that back. That sounds awesome. I saw the other day you can buy it. They a, should bring it back. Yeah, <laughs> I'm yeah. Willing, yeah <laughs> I'm, I'm giving it now, yeah. you know, everything that I have. Go over there and get some services and pay it forward, right? That's right. Yeah. I love that's that. Right. Well, you two are definitely paying it forward with all the work you're doing with Catch One and this uh, this tour. And mm-hmm. um, I hope we hope it can... inspires some people. Yeah, I mean, just by watching Jules work for oh. 42 years and watching the film and yeah. and being entertained with all the wonderful music in it and, and story, but people I, I leave the theater it. and they're just like they want to Energized. do something else in their backyard. Mm-hmm. Like yes. Jules was saying, just do a little bit. And you don't have to be loud about it. You yeah. can just do a little bit, help your neighbor. And it has that ripple effect. Yep. Yeah. Sure one, does. one lady the other night when I was in uh, Hawaii at uh, at, at a screening, mm-hmm. and she was a um, middle-aged, um, straight white woman, and uh, I ran into her the next day, and she said, you've encouraged me to start back to school. Yeah. Oh, I love uh, that. She said, I, I thought that I was too old, but then when, when I heard you say that you were 56 when you started yeah. another, a new career. So, uh, you know, that was very heartwarming. And, I love and that. No, let me know that in, mm-hmm. in even, uh, I guess, a broader sense than I had realized, which I didn't ever realize this while, while I was doing it, trust me. You know, and you it know what? It's always so fun to have live screenings like, where you actually get the audience feedback, and yeah, it's a beautiful yeah, thing, right? Yeah, it is. Well, thank you both so much thank for the you, work Catherine. you're doing. Thanks for being on. I hope people will catch Jules Catch One on Netflix or at a live screening to meet these two amazing women. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll be on again next week, uh, Wednesdays at noon. Be sure to follow us at 360karma.com. Make it a great week and be sure to do pay it forward. Thanks so much. Thank you, Thank Catherine. You. Hugs Thank and you. happiness.